0: CHAPTER ONE SEPTEMBER 29TH, 1690 THE COAST OF MAINE LAND HO! The cry drifted down from the crow's nest high above the ship's deck. Lady Alice, standing at the starboard railing, drew her sable-lined black cape more closely about her and strained her eyes to see land through the dense cold fog. The sky and sea seemed to merge in a thick, blue-gray chowder of nature's brewing. She shivered. Could Norambega, with its crystal palaces and gold-lined streets, truly be out there somewhere, as Lord Geoffrey had promised? She closed her eyes and smiled, giving her head a firm nod. Did my lord ever deceive me? She whispered. "'I will find what he promised, the land, and this magnificent Scotsman Christopher Gunn as well.' "'As if her recently departed husband heard her words and was anxious to reassure her, "'a bright shaft of sunlight cut through the banks of mist. "'A high bluff, crowned with majestic green-black pines, "'caught the light and shone like a beacon far ahead.' In that forest at the confluence of the Bagaduce and Penobscot rivers, Alice knew she would find Fort Major Bigwadus, the only English outpost on the wild coast of Maine. Somewhere beyond, in the vast wilderness that stretched as far as the eye could see, she would discover Norumbega. Alice assured herself. "'My new home,' she said with a sigh. "'Oh, at last!' Her eyes glittered crystal blue in the sun as she scanned the rugged coastline, sheer bluffs of many-hued granite crowned with stately evergreens. Her late husband had told her that the tallest, straightest pines were marked by the king's men to be felled as masts for the English fleet. The settlers in Maine cut these on pain of death— "'but with so much timber and so few settlers, surely,' she mused, "'there must be more than enough for both the king and the inhabitants of the fort.' "'The wind calmed and lost some of its fierce bite. "'Alice tried to relax. "'The voyage had been long and bitter, rough seas, foul water, and worse food, "'along with a superstitious captain who hated having women passengers on board his ship.' That was all behind her now, she told herself. Tonight she would sleep in a real bed, with a real roof over her, welcomed by the man who would soon be her new husband. By tomorrow, she and Christopher Gunn would be on their way to claim her inheritance. My lady. Alice turned toward the sound of the gravelly male voice. She smiled, even though the slate-hard eyes staring into hers held no light of kindness. Yes, Captain Hargrave? She made an honest attempt to be pleasant to the man in spite of his gruff manners. You best be going below. We'll soon be past the islands and coming into Penobscot Bay. My men... The tall, burly seaman's words trailed off and his hard face tightened. He looked away, avoiding her steady blue gaze. Alice laughed softly. "'You needn't tell me about your men, Captain. "'I know they've looked on me as a burden and a hazard "'since the moment we put out from England's shores, as have you.' "'She watched colour creep into his ruddy cheeks "'and felt a mild touch of satisfaction. "'The man had plagued her the entire trip. "'He obviously had no love for the fairer sex, even ashore, "'and believed her presence on his vessel was a constant threat to them all.' Hargrave cleared his throat, then continued. Lord Balfour put you in my charge for your protection, and, by God, milady, protect you I will. I'll not have you subject to the sailors' rough language or the chance of injury as we're anchoring. I've got you this far. I'll see you safely ashore, and then be done with this whole bloody business. Alice offered the surly officer a mocking curtsy, then flashed her icy blue eyes at him. Believe me, Captain, you'll be no happier to see the end of me than I of you. He growled in annoyance. She continued. Sir, I have no idea why you dislike me.